Spirit Radio Podcasts. Well, you might have heard a call yesterday encouraging people to make sure they're registered to vote in the upcoming abortion referendum. Check the register.ie, by the way, is the website. Uh, but this includes over 120,000 young people. And by that, I mean, when I say young people, I think, do I fall into that category? But I'm actually specifically talking about young people who've turned 18 since the last general election. So really important if you're listening and you fall into that category that you make sure that you are registered to vote. Uh, your first opportunity to um, use your democratic right to vote so make sure that you do it and don't waste it uh, there's a lot to be done though it, it, other than just registering um, and if you're a young person who's saying well this is my first opportunity to vote one of the key things is to educate yourself so you can you can cast your vote well our next guest has been involved in developing a new website looking to really uh, communicate with especially younger voters in the referendum it's called ourfuture.ie and in studio to tell us all about it we have Gavin Boyne morning Gavin how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you very much. How are you? Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so um, my name's Gavin Boyne. I'm uh, 20. I'm a first-year student in Trinity College Dublin, uh, studying philosophy. Uh, I'm from Ringsend in Dublin 4, and I will be voting to retain the, uh, the Eighth Amendment. Is that why you decided to set up this website, because of just your position, or do you have a kind of particular experience or perspective on the Eighth Amendment? Yeah, I mean, so... Why I'm pro-life, there are two reasons. Firstly, you know, the science and the medicine of the unborn, it, it proves beyond a doubt the humanity of the unborn. And then I suppose I have a, a personal story as to why I'm pro-life. So um, I'll, I'll regale you the story, I suppose. Um, my mother fell pregnant with me when she was 15, um, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, it was I was essentially the result of, of a one-night stand, and there was also a possibility that I might not be white. So um, all factors considered, you know, my mom being extremely young, um, my grandparents decided that the best thing to do in that situation was to send my mother to England to procure an abortion. Uh, so she stayed there for three weeks with, with family, um, you know, while everything was getting set up. And um, it was in those three weeks... Uh, that my grandparents, you know, they they deliberated on, on what exactly they were doing. And uh, eventually they came to the conclusion that, you know, I was a human being and they couldn't end my life. And so here I am today and I wouldn't be here, you know, and I've been told this by my grandparents and, and my mother, I wouldn't be here if the Eighth Amendment wasn't here. So the whole notion that the Eighth Amendment doesn't work and that it doesn't save people. Well, I mean, here I am today because of the Eighth Amendment, solely because of the Eighth Amendment. So I, in essence, I, I owe my life to the Eighth Amendment. Have you talked to your mum, Gavin, about that time, about the, those weeks where uh, she was in a situation where she could have had an abortion? I have. Um, as you can imagine, it doesn't make for the best uh, conversation. Basically, what I gathered from from the conversations I've had with my granny and my mom is basically, you know, it was a horrible time to be in. And uh, no one really knew what was going on. Very difficult situation uh, for her as well. Because, I mean, at 15, you are so young, you know. Um, but fair play to them both. Obviously, they, they went through it, they fought through it. Uh, and... I'm now in Trinity College, Dublin, you know, uh, 
doing quite well for myself. I think a lot of people listening, when they hear you tell your story, on the one hand, I would be like, wow, it's amazing that you're sitting here today chatting to me. But when you start off the story and you talk about your mum was 15, she was very young, um, probably dad wasn't going to be on the scene, uh, mm-hmm. in the picture. It is one of those situations where I think a lot of people would say, I can understand... A lot of people might say, I can understand, even though I wouldn't agree with it or I wouldn't do hear, hear all these arguments, I can understand someone feeling uh, abortion would be the option there. Uh, with you sitting here today, knowing that that didn't happen to you, how do you feel about that argument? I mean, so firstly, there are two things about, you know, that the pro-choice side say in regards to unplanned pregnancies and so on and so forth. Um, the first thing is the manner in which a, a child is conceived, you know, that is supposed to be what determines the value of of an unborn child, you know. Uh, the second part is, okay, the circumstances in which a child might be brought up in. You know, these are all arguments as to why abortion should be legal. Now, I've given you the first half of, of my story, the manner in which I was conceived. However, there's there's a second half to, to that. And very briefly, um, you know, I grew up in a household where... There was there was a lot of crime, a lot of drugs involved. Um, I've lived in roughly six different houses, including hostels, uh, with my mother uh, on the street, even once or twice. You know, there were times when there wouldn't be food in the house, so I'd have to get food by whatever means possible. Um, I'd be walking the streets at all hours of the morning with my mother because uh, she she turned to drugs uh, subsequently after after my birth. Um, I'd be walking the streets with her at all hours of the morning, very young, uh, while she was looking for her next fix. You know, um, I've seen absolutely terrible things growing up. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the situations that, you know, I could have been brought up in, that doesn't say anything about me as a human being. That doesn't say anything about my value as a person, you know. And that's one of the arguments that the pro-choice side is using. It's... Oh, you know, this child will grow up terribly, he'll have a terrible life, has no value, essentially, because of this, doesn't deserve to live. You know, so that's that's the kind of message I hear from the pro-choice side, whereas I'm here telling people that, you know, it doesn't matter how you were conceived, it doesn't matter, you know, how you were brought up, you have value, you are a person, and you deserve to be respected. How does it make you feel when you hear, Gavin, people using the language of choice? Um, okay, when someone says they're pro-choice, what exactly are they saying? What choice are they in favour of? The reality is they're in favour of the choice to kill an unborn child. Now, I don't believe anyone should have that choice. Um, frankly, because I haven't heard good enough arguments for it, for justifying the taking of the life of an unborn child. Um, and, you know, echoing kind of what you said earlier on about... You know, people saying they wouldn't have one themselves, an abortion themselves, but they can understand someone else. What you're proposing there is a kind of moral relativism. And that's quite dangerous. I mean, once you start applying the notion of, well, you know what, I can't impose my morality on someone else, that leads to a hectic society. For example, logically, the conclusions of moral relativism lead you in the cases of murder, let's say, or theft. Personally, I wouldn't steal. However, I can't stop someone else from stealing because that's their choice. You know, um, and the law curtails their, their freedom of choice. 
in certain areas, such as, you know, murder, theft, rape, etc. One of the um, things, obviously, with this website, ourfuture.ie, Gavin, it's all about reaching young people, and you are a young person, and, and, and courageously telling your own personal story. I'm sure you've chatted to fellow students on campus and, and tried to share with them. What sort of reaction do you get, and what's the kind of feeling on the ground just in college? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed, if I'm honest, uh, with my peers and fellow students in college and I say that because the amount of information that they have is extremely limited on this issue and you hear a lot of rhetoric sound bites as opposed to actual information and and facts about this issue our future was set up you know to target young people to get young people involved with with this issue because you know, the possible effects of this referendum will be so far-reaching into Irish culture that it really has never been as important to be fully informed before you vote. So what we're doing is we're encouraging people to uh, to not to vote blind, you know, because, as I said, this is a very important issue. And a lot of people just, they don't really know what it's about. They don't understand just how extreme this abortion proposal is. Um, so are students surprised when you tell them some of these things? I mean, when I bring up the one in five statistic, right, they don't believe me at first until I actually tell them. What's the one in five statistic? Yeah, so basically in in the UK, um, there is an abortion rate of one in five. That's to say that one in five pregnancies in the UK are terminated. One in five unborn children in the UK are are killed. Um, And, you know, it's it's an abortion culture in the UK which has led to this um, via abortion legislation. You have, again, 90% of children prenatally diagnosed with Down syndrome. They are also killed in in the UK. 90%. You have 200,000 abortions a year. You know, 38% are repeat abortions. So if if there's all this rhetoric out there on campus, Gavin, and and as you say, um, kind (coughs) of people using euphemisms or whatever, uh, when you have these discussions and these debates and you're encouraging people to get informed, that's that's your key message. When you do chat to people... Did they change their minds? Yes, yeah, so I, I canvass actually as well on, on a Monday and Friday whenever I can. And um, I'm I'm a bit taken aback actually at the responses that I've gotten on the streets of Dublin because you would assume that it's largely and quite largely pro-choice. However, the reactions I've gotten have been amazing. You know, there are a lot, and especially with young people, there are a lot of young people who are pro-life. Um, there are a lot of young people in college as well who are pro-life. However, it's just the atmosphere of college kind of makes it difficult for young people to come out, as it were, and, you know, be proud of being pro-life. Because after all, the pro-life position is, is one of compassion, it's one of kindness, it's one of, you know, empathy for, for both parties involved in a pregnancy, namely the mother and the unborn child. Um, in terms of where you go from here... Um, is it just you're going to continue commenting? You're going to just uh, ask people to go to the website, or what's your kind of what are you going to be doing for the next few weeks? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get uh, some more interviews set up. Uh, I'll be canvassing uh, as much as possible, and also, um, you know, one thing that I will say is that this referendum, it's going to be decided by young people, um. And I really do believe that facts will prevail over rhetoric. So again, definitely check out the website because, you know, 
our facts are facts in the sense that they're extremely well sourced, you know, well cited. They are facts. And if you want facts on this referendum, check out ourfuture.ie. Um, alongside interviews, again, I'll be canvassing. And also, what I would say to young people as well and the undecided people, you know, if you do have any questions, talk about it. Look at both sides of, of the issue. And also, to people who are pro-life, get out and canvas, you know. Gavin, you started off our discussion telling us that um, you were saved by the Eighth Amendment, that you're sitting here today because of the Eighth Amendment. Uh, do you think there's other people like you? Oh, definitely. Um, 100%. And if there isn't, uh, you know, as the pro-choice side would have you believe, well, I mean, here I am. Here's one example. I mean, it's estimated and conservatively at that that there are 100,000 uh, people who are alive today because of the Eighth Amendment. Um, and you'd be surprised as well at how many of your friends might be alive because of the Eighth Amendment. You know, it's it's not something that really is discussed. Um, we hear all the time about, you know, women who have had to go to the UK or whatever, but we don't hear about the stories of those people who've been saved by the Eighth Amendment. And I think it's stories like mine and others, so many others that we've heard. There's a great page called Courage to Love um, on Facebook. I'd encourage people to check that out. It has really touching and heartfelt stories from pro-life people. But, um, you know, there definitely are others out there who are alive due to the Eighth Amendment. It's That's been, undeniable. It's been great to chat to you, Gavin, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Not not easy to, to come on radio and share your story, so thank you for sharing that. If you just join me, I've been chatting to Gavin Boyne, who's shared his story and a little bit about the new website, which is really aimed at encouraging young people to vote. It's called ourfuture.ie. That's the website if you want to check it out. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.